Hi everyone, Bill Murphy here from Fresh Monkey Fiction. And I'm Craig Owen of Remco Toys. We're here to officially kick off the return of Eagle Force. For those of you who don't know, Eagle Force was a line of military action figures produced in the early 80s. It was here where we were first introduced to Captain Eagle and his team of top military specialists as they fought to keep freedom safe from the evil General Mamba and Riot, his roving international organization of tyranny. We're happy to announce that we're returning to the world of Eagle Force, but this time as a 4-inch action figure with modern articulation, sculpting, and detail. The evil forces of Riot have returned, so Captain Eagle is forced to come out of retirement to reunite Eagle Force and recruit new members to the team. You can find all the details below, including some great rewards and a few special items from the original designer of Eagle Force, Paul Kirshner. We've got everything set to go. All we need is the funding to get Eagle Force off the ground so they can return to action. Um, we're Normally we have nothing planned, and we just kind of shoot from the hip and see what happens. But uh, then again, you know, on occasion, we're able to get someone really cool on the show. And we were able to do that this week. And we have with us uh, Bill Murphy from uh, the Eagle Force Kickstarter. Uh, we've mentioned a couple times on the show that J.D. and I both feel that the future of well-produced toys that people really want are going to be crowdfunded. I mean, that's definitely been my opinion for a while now. I think the Vitruvian tax have have proven that out, and I think the Eagle Force is definitely the next step in that. Uh, so with me, as always, is J.D. Hello. And we'd like to welcome Bill Murphy to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming on with us, man. We appreciate that. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great. So, Eagle Force. I, I remember the name from when I was a kid, but I didn't have any of the toys. So, give us a little history about Eagle Force. What is Eagle Force? Sure, yeah. So, uh, Eagle Force was a line that came out in the early 80s, and it was a line of three-inch die-cast gold metal action figures that were... Uh, <laughs> All uh, based on um, military-type unit, uh, Eagle Force, and then they fought against uh, Riot. So it was very similar in theme to G.I. Joe, but uh, very different looking. Uh, they were pretty hefty little three-inch figures um, that were made out of made out of metal, and they all had different accessories. They all had the Eagle Force characters at least all had similar gold uniforms, whereas the Riot characters were. Had a little bit more variety in each of them. Uh, the line lasted for about a year. Uh, first wave came out, and then uh, we didn't really see anything beyond that. Although there were plans for additional additional uh, waves, but the company that was producing them at the time unfortunately went into bankruptcy, so we never got to see any of the additional characters at that point. But they had great packaging. They were very much uh, uh, looked like comic books. They had a comic strip on the back and like comic book art on the front. Um, and, uh, so again, it was very similar in theme to G.I. Joe, but they actually looked very different. A little bit gaudy, but, yes, but, cool at the I, same I, time. but shiny toys are cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what made you decide to say, hey, we need awesome Eagle Force toys? Yeah, well, so essentially what happened was I was able to, I was doing another line, um, Amazing Heroes, which we kickstarted uh, about a, two years ago, um, and was kind of looking at uh, what I wanted to do next. I uh, was able to kind of 
acquired the rights to do Eagle Force because I was I really I'm a huge fan of GI Joe. Wanted to see kind of GI Joe do something a little different, but hadn't really seen Hasbro kind of make that leap. And I was like, you know what? There, there's this line I had when I was a kid called Eagle Force. Let me look into that and see if I can um, bring that forward. Uh, so we're able to acquire that, and then what I wanted to do from there was go, okay, well, what makes Eagle Force special uh, beyond just the, the die-cast metal gold? And one of the things they were able to do with the original line, which I mentioned, was really uh, do a lot with the packaging and the comic strip on the back and kind of divulge kind of who these characters were. And it's similar to the way that G.I. Joe did with their file cards. They did it with more of a comic strip. Um, and so you realize there's some deep characters there that are really kind of fun. So we thought, okay, well, let's let's take those characters and instead of reimagining them in them and making them modern day, let's let's take the mythology and sort of move it forward in time. So, if the characters did exist in the '80s, what would they look like today? And that's why Captain Eagle, uh, Sergeant Brown, now General Brown, are uh, characters in their '70s. Um, and then we've introduced sort of new characters into the mythology as well um, because we wanted to add a little bit more variety uh, that was there. So that's kind of what the idea was in terms of the genesis of kind of bringing back Eagle Force and and the idea of why I felt it was sort of important that we try to do something like this. All right, so tell us a little bit about what the what you've got going on the Kickstarter right now. I mean, what's what's available right now for you guys? Yeah, so we launched the Kickstarter uh, about uh, about a month ago. We've got two more weeks left. We're about $5,000 away from funding. And what we're offering the Kickstarter right now is about 16 figures, both Eagle Force and Riot. About half of those are army builders. Um, we also have some custom items as well, like custom gliders and, and the Eagle Force uh, Island playset that we're creating, uh, that we're doing... Uh, uh, that uh, we're only doing 50 pieces of those right now because they're they're custom items made by hand. Um, uh, but right now we have uh, an all-in package where you could get all the figures that are available. And if we reach our stretch goals, we have quite a few figures that we want to do with stretch goals. If we can make it there in the next couple of weeks, that would expand the all-in package to probably somewhere around 30 figures total. That'd be awesome. Jeez. And you were yeah. talking about the uh, the gliders and the uh, the dioramas. Um, Joe Harris is doing those, isn't he? Yeah, so Joe is doing those, and he's doing an awesome job. And uh, they're, but they're, you know, they are custom items that are made by one guy. So we couldn't; they're not factory produced like the rest of the figures. So we had to offer a limited amount of those things, uh, mainly because we wanted to make sure that these things take time. We wanted to make sure that we could fill the orders um, in the time that we promised we would get them done. But we thought the playset would be a really fun thing to do. Totally. Uh, especially because, yeah, doing figures in this scale, you can actually do cool things like that, which you couldn't do if you were, I mean, I guess you could. You can definitely do them if you're doing six-inch figures, but they cost a lot more to do. So yeah, definitely. That's why one of the reasons we wanted to kind of st- stick with the, the smaller format. Yeah, Joe's actually a buddy of ours. We've known him for, man, I don't know how long. We had him on the original General Geekery podcast. I used, oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Joe's awesome. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, and, he, was on the he does great work. Before. So, I mean, they're limited what you're offering, but anybody who gets anybody who gets one, they're they're going to feel fortunate because honestly, he does good work. I had a couple of the gliders that he made for the Joe line and yeah. I mean, those things are you know, and they had the the uh, Falcon glider and the Viper glider and 
you know, those things are gorgeous. I mean, they were what the originals were, except not styrofoam. I mean, they were high-quality plastic, high-quality material, amazing workmanship. So Totally, yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I, he does, I, a great, I, does a great job. Yeah, I think going with... I think going with his stuff uh, for this project was exactly the right way to go. I mean, you look at that playset, and it's just so retro style yeah. because the big toy companies they don't do playsets anymore. So it's cool, you know. It's cool to see that a modern toy line will actually have you know a large playset. I mean, it's just it's. It's such a thing of the past that I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm happy that somebody's bringing it back. Yeah, they remind yeah, me no, of we, that. Yeah, no, Joe kind of reached out and he was like, "Hey, would you like to do this?" And I'm like, "If you can figure out a way to do it, yeah, let's." This was, you know, many, many months ago, and I'm like, "Let's figure out a way to do it." And he, he, basically conceptualized the whole thing. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to default to you because you're the guy that's making these and you're going to know pretty much, you know, what your, uh, what your limitations are. And he was like, okay, it's went through a few different iterations, certainly. And I think where we ended up is something that really is going to stand out in somebody's collection for sure. Yeah, it definitely has, if you guys haven't seen it, it's, it definitely has the, like, um, the, like really hard to find, you know, like the Sears play sets, you know, that, that were really unique. And really hard to find. So I mean, if you have, if you if you see these things, I mean, it looks like it looks like a collector's piece in and of itself. It looks like the the missile command that Sears made for GI Joe, and I know there was some some really weird ones that they made for Star Wars that you just you just don't see them, oh, yeah. can't find them. And I think that really gives it that feel to those figures, which just adds the aesthetics, just knocks it up a whole nother level. Yeah, I think it, it came out really nice. It was a really nice set, and um, I wish we could do more right now. I mean, we'll, we'll we have an exclusive piece with the set if you get on the Kickstarter. I think we have five more left, and that'll be kind of this gunner station. But we will offer it later, um, the rest of the pieces later, once we fulfilled these orders. And it's going to take Joe well over a year to kind of do these. I think we have. I think we we settled around fifty is what he could produce over the course of about a year, a year and a half. So we're, we want to get those done, and if that's successful, which I'm sure you know, it definitely will be, because as you said, like Joe is a master craftsman and does amazing work, um, we'll probably offer up some more later. So it's not as much as we would love uh, to offer more of them now. We had kind of a limit that we had to stick with for the current Kickstarter. No, yeah, completely understandable. So what are you looking at um, future-wise for Eagle Force? Well, I think uh, if we, depending on what happens with our stretch goals, I mean, if we can hit all our stretch goals, uh, that would be great. Um, if we don't hit them, we would probably roll some of those characters into potentially a wave two. Uh, we'd like to do a, a female figure that's on tap. We just announced uh, the Goldie Hawks, which oh, is sort of, of a, that was awesome. uh, it's a team of sisters that are that are basically pilots that are the grandchildren of the originally original Goldie Hawk character. Um, again, we're building out the mythology of the line. Um, so we'd like to continue with that theme moving forward. We'd probably do some more gold figures. They seem to be pretty popular, some of the characters in their original gold design. So we're definitely going to sprinkle those in as well. Um, and then we've also got plans for other stuff. Uh, if you scroll down in the Kickstarter, you'll see some images of uh, uh, kind of a 8-bit sort of video game we're, we're working on to try to maybe launch. That would be with the, basically it's our version of Contra. 
<laughs> essentially nice. something like along the lines of that um, that we'd like to do later on. And we're also uh, got uh, some comic book stuff in the works potentially too. So there's, there's, there's more than just the figures uh, that we have planned moving forward. If, if we can get this thing going. Good deal. JD, what would, would you have to, to ask? Well, <clears throat> um, well, first of all, what's your company called? Fresh, fresh monkey. Yeah, so there are, our company is called Fresh Monkey Fiction, and we uh, we did a, a line of Amazing Heroes action figures, which was a line of superhero figures that was very kind of retro-y, 80s-styled figures that were more in line of, like, the 80s Secret Wars line. Um, we kind of did some public domain heroes as well as a few other comic book heroes, and we're going to do another line of those uh, towards the end of the year, early next year. Um, and then we also were moving towards Eagle Force kind of this whole time. About the last year, over the last year, we've been really trying to build up the fan base uh, so people kind of know what we're doing in hopes that we can get, get this stuff off the ground. And that's what it takes with a lot of these Kickstarters. You really have to kind of grow that fan base in order for us to, to make these things happen. And, man, they, they came and they came quick. I think we funded over 100000 within a few days. Wow. Uh, and now, that's awesome. Yeah, and now we're just uh, teetering on funding right now with still two weeks left. So, And usually how a lot of Kickstarters go, and hopefully this will happen to us too, is as we get towards the end, um, we'll see more people back in and we'll unlock those stretch goals, which makes the all-in package a, a really good value if we can get to that. Because as I said, there'll be, there'll be close to 30 characters that you'll get if you, if you, if you opt on the all-in. And your price per figure goes way down if you do that, obviously. Right. Um, <clears throat> I've backed it. Um, I don't think Brian has yet, but Not yet. Uh, I've backed it, and because my number one want out of it is uh, Baron Von Chill. I mean, he's just <laughs> dude, he's totally unique. Um, even well, hang on. Outside of the the Eagle Force mythos, I took one look at him, and I thought, you know what? He could subcontract out to Cobra, and he could be <laughs> he could be their 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 you know Arctic Forces uh, the Supreme Commander guy because in in my the way I set up my Joe universe is uh, everybody in the hierarchy around the around the command um, <clears throat> around the chain of command it. They have their different divisions uh, for the different environments, and they all have a supreme leader that basically sits in with the command, with the chain of command, and uh, and then they've got their troops underneath them, and even though the troops, you know, obviously will answer, you know, to Cobra's leadership, um, you know, they're... they're, um, Cobra doesn't feel the need, like, you know, Cobra Commander and uh, and um, Major Blood and Iron Claw and everybody else that you know is in uh, is in Cobra's uh, basically the head honchos. Even yeah. though that they could command the divisions, they don't need to because the guys that head them up are. You know, they, they represent all of Cobra's interests. So, like, I got Desert Scorpion, and he's in charge of um, of all the desert uh, missions. And, um, you know, you got the Snow Serpents and the Ice Vipers, but I've never had a Supreme Commander 
for them before. So this guy's going to fill that role nicely, you know, along with working with the other company that he answers to. So, dude, I totally, he got me. I mean, the blue skin, totally unique. And, you know, that Arctic camo he's wearing, oh, totally badass. It, it yeah, makes me... Um, I'm saying for some variety with the line, and that you know the vi- the villains are always a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. I'd have to agree with that. Well, you know the the best heroes are made by their villains. So <laughs> if you got a bunch of goofy villains, then you know the the you know the protagonists are kind of useless. Because look, I I liked I liked the idea, even though. It didn't do well, and I don't have any ties to it. I like the idea behind Sergeant Savage, but let's face it, General Blitz and and the and the Iron Douchebags, they they're laughable. I mean, they're goofy. They're they're not even good imitations of what they tried to do with Cobra. They're just they're just lame. Um, it's like they put they put all their thoughts into Sergeant Savage and the Screaming Eagles, and then they said. Yeah. Oh wait, we need guys for them to fight. So let's just throw this stuff together. And I don't know. <clears throat> I've never been impressed. So, uh, but you know, Eagle Force—they're perfectly matched up with Riot. I mean, that's that—that that stuff is awesome. Yeah, that's why we kind of introduced um, kind of a new villain too. We have like Ultima Thule, who's our main new head of Riot who uh, is bringing even more of that, I think, to the table than General Mamba did in just terms of, like, you know, he's got a backstory and a mystery to him and who is he and that type of thing. And and I, the villains are the... F- I mean, I love the good guys, don't get me wrong, but the villains... You, you get you get a little more latitude with the villains sometimes. And G.I. Joe obviously had that, too, with, um, you know, Dr. Mindbender and Crystal Ball and all those... Zartan, you know, they definitely had a lot more... Uh, you know, a lot more, um, I guess... Uh, a variety of characteristics with the bad guys versus the good guys. So th- those, there've been a lot of fun to play around with in terms of the villains. Um, well, you mentioned uh, Ultimate Thule. Uh, explain that a little bit. Yeah. So what we what we wanted to do is sort of, um, as I said, like the, the the characters are thirty years older, right, from where they were originally. So we're trying to figure out what happens in the course of that time. Um, and, and sort of what happened, and we'll get into this in the comic book a little bit, is that the Eagle Force uh, and Riot basically had their big battle back in the 80s, and that and that ended uh, with, you know, casualties on both sides. And sort of everybody sort of fell into retirement, or they vanished, or they died, that kind of thing. And so there was a few of the characters, which is why, like, Sergeant Brown is now General Brown. He kind of stayed in the military. Captain Eagle retired, and, and now he's coming back. And so we wanted to reemerge Riot, um, and so we we looked at trying to come up with what is a really uh, cool bad guy that maybe is mysterious, but also can function at the same level as Captain Eagle, uh, potentially some of the other new recruits. Uh, and then we tied it into uh, we have this comic book that we produce called Midnight Men that we've done a few issues of. So we, it's a World War II comic, but we tied in a little bit of the backstory there to kind of make a larger universe and, and build. And, and so we're building that in as well uh, in terms of that. So, so we're, we're, 
Um, but we also have, obviously, Baron Von Chill, the original guy there. We have Fireball. So there's still the older villains that are still around. But we wanted kind of a, a, a leader of the bad guys that was going to be a little more prominent than what General Mamba was back in the back in the 80s. One of the things that I uh, plus, was... plus, he's got a oh. technology aspect, too. So you'll see, like, a lot of the more the technology... Um, like more of this, uh, more of the five minutes into the future kind of technology will happen more with the the riot team because you'll see a little bit of like they have more lasers and that type of stuff versus the uh, Eagle Force who has more of like you know machine guns and that type of thing. Um, I'm all about some lasers, so that's that's uh, that's that's totally uh, I'm totally down with that. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to mention anybody that doesn't know what this is this. Just to make sure that people understand, these are not what what they're doing here. Is they're not they're not making like the original figures. I mean, they're they're not going to be three inch diecast figures. These are four inch, highly articulated, beautifully sculpted figures. I oh think- yeah, they'll, they'll they'll fit right in with the modern Joe's, uh, the Marauder Task Force, the Vitruvian Axe, um, and the similar toy lines. I mean, these are. These are not articulated like those ridiculous core figures that are on the market right now. Um, and no, they're not diecast. These things are plastic, and and yeah. you can. I mean, they they look they look dynamite. I'm I'm absolutely oh, fascinated by these things. Yeah, I mean, definitely. all right. When I was a kid, I didn't have I didn't have an Eagle Force. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't on my radar. I mean, when the line came out, all right. Let's face it. I was three years old, but that was. <laughs> That was when G.I. Joe launched, and I had a shitload of Joes, but my dad was in the Army, so we moved around all the time, but especially early on in his career, we were always stationed on the Army bases where they have the PX, which is, for anybody who doesn't have any experience with the military, the PX, or the base exchange, is basically... Uh, it's the department store. It's your target, uh, and it's your Coles on, on the base. So their toy department every Christmas ramps up. Uh, so it's basically like a little toys are us. And so, and then the rest of the year they do have, uh, the toy department, but they go crazy at Christmas. They just stock everything. And so when GI Joe, you know, when my dad, when I was three and my dad bought my, bought me my first ones, I was hooked instantly. I mean, let's face it, when, even, even when I was that young, my dad was my hero and the, the army thing was just, was just awesome to me. And then he started bringing these toys home and even when I was that little, he would explain, you know, what some of the, you know, what some of the things in there that. I mean, I couldn't have possibly grasped it at that age, but he Worth would explain, day. you know, some of it to me. And dude, I, I've been a lifelong fan since. I mean, he got me rock and roll and uh, Snake Eyes, and I had Steeler in the Mobat before I had anything else. So, um, so even if he had, I mean, he was in the military, so that influenced it, but. He bought me those Joes, and I've been hooked ever since. So, and look, I like I like the anniversary stuff that Hasbro's doing right now, um, but it's not 
it's not enough. And I don't mean it's not enough to buy. I mean, what they're doing is good, and I'm on board with it. But there's not as much variety as the Joe line has as the Joe line's been known for in the past. I mean, <clears throat> like you said, it's been a long time since they went crazy with concepts and, you know, started adding new characters or whatever. I mean, every, every year in the toy line, we're lucky if we get two, you know, two or three new characters. I mean, and they're all right this yeah. year, you know, this year we are, we're getting uh, stiletto who was created by another Joe fan. And, you know, she got voted on. She's being added to the toy line officially. I mean, that's awesome. And then... Yeah, we're getting Mayday. We're getting Mayday, too, I think, right? Yeah, we're getting, like, three or four new characters, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, and then they've given they've given Cobra their own first sergeant in the form of Tombstone. But right. most everything else they're putting out are troopers that are getting updates, but, you know, they're not... They're not necessarily breaking new ground. I mean, no. they're giving us a female trooper, which is something that they could have done any time in the last 30 years. And, you know, they didn't. But, you know, they're doing that. But if you look at if you look at the named characters they're doing, it's a lot of the same old stuff. And, you know, and then you look outside of it and you find things like Eagle Force. You're like... Dude, that's a whole expansion that we're never going to get otherwise. So right. I'm glad that this is out here. Because like I said, when I was a kid, I didn't have Eagle Force. When I was growing up, living different places, I, I always made friends with people who liked G.I. Joe. And I'd look through their stuff, and sometimes I would find Eagle Force stuff. Not having any idea what the time it was, but, you know, so... When this thing popped up on my radar, I'm like, dude, I got to get behind it. I mean, this is just, this is, this is phenomenal. Well, thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah, that's, that's, again, that's kind of what we're, what I'm trying to do here with this is, look, I'm a big fan of G.I. Joe just as much as the next guy, you know, and I support all the stuff that Hasbro does, and I think that they're doing great stuff, um, but I feel there's a little bit of room um, to start growing out something a little different, and we're taking a little bit of a risk here, but we're also building on a mythology that already kind of exists, and and uh, is very similar in, in that regard, and uh, we're, again, we're, we're trying to explore the the you know the the military theme but also a little bit of the the other kind of crazy like you said like baron von chill the second who has you know he's got blue skin like that type of stuff is stuff that we're we're trying to to do as well um and so yeah i'm glad you dig it because it's that's that's what we're going for so that's great that that's coming across it's great to hear yeah and it's well you know, it's like a, i was gonna say like, brian is not supportive of hasbro no. he's sick to death of the repaints um I, I, I don't even know if he's planning to buy any of this year's stuff. Um, but, um, so this is a toy line that, uh, they're not repaints of the stuff that Hasbro's already made. There's, they're shared molds, but it's not a line full of repaints. Uh, it's not a line of rehashes. And it's not, it's not a line that sometimes, look, I like updates to characters, but sometimes the kid is a little stale. Uh, I, 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 there's been what three different hit and runs between the club and Hasbro in the last few years. Come on, um, give me different yeah. characters here. Yeah, um, and I am not 
I'm I'm only partially on board with what Hasbro's doing. I have been a lifelong G.I. Joe fan. I have been since probably about the second wave of G.I. Joe's came out, because my first figure was Torpedo and Snow Job. So, you know, I've been collecting G.I. Joe and customizing them since then. And I'm just to the point where I I cannot justify spending money on the same figure over and over and over and over again. It's just ridiculous. I mean, it's, the the best figures I think we've had in the recent years are, are the Pursuit of Cobra figures because they were yeah, new were great. and yeah, they were, were different. And that's what Eagle Force is. It's the, it's a, that's why I like these Kickstarters. That's why I like this Eagle Force. It's, it's something different and it's not, it's not something that just somebody slapped a fresh coat of paint on it and said, here, here's the same figure you already have just with it that's just in a different color. Please buy it again. That's you know what? I love, I love the, I, I like the Rise of Cobra line, despite the ties to the movie, which, okay, um, it was what it was, but the toys were great. And then they, they sweetened the pot with the Pursuit of Cobra, but, um, some of that stuff now has been repainted so many times that there's not much else that, that can be done with it. And I understand Hasbro's limited on what they're going to do with Joe right now. I mean, it's all right. Let's put it this way. It's a Toys R Us exclusive now because the other retailers won't touch it. Yeah, they 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 can't and won't give it the support that Toys R Us you know, they still have an enthusiasm for it that nobody else does. And I'm glad for that. And I love what the club does because they're a bunch of Joe geeks, just like we are. And they're making toys for Joe geeks. And it's great. But obviously, <clears throat> the audience they reach is super limited. So I kind of look at it like between the anniversary line from Hasbro and the club, they're throwing us a bone, but it's not, it's not a big one. There's no meat on it it. at all. And I see things like Eagle force returns and rather task force. I'm like, there it is. There's the, there's the energy that my toy collection really needs. Um, so I'm, and I love new characters. I get excited every time, like, in the Spy Troops line and the Valor vs. Venom line, <clears throat> I was absolutely in glory because they were new characters in every assortment. I mean, yeah, yeah there were a few updates here and there of older characters, but there were new troop classes, uh, new characters, new vehicles, everything. I mean, it was... It was it was beautiful, um, despite the shortcomings of the actual toys. The energy that Hasbro was putting into Joe at the time was unmatched since the eighties, yeah. and has not been matched since. I and think Pursuit of Cobra came so, close to that, but but still fell short of it. I think they, <clears throat> I think the toys that came out of the Pursuit of Cobra were. Higher quality. I think it's some of the highest quality figures since the '80s for sure. 
but yeah, I would I would agree with JD on that too. And it just yeah. you know people want new stuff, and and I gotta stress this to people: if you want new stuff, you've got to back these kickstarters. Yes, this stuff will they'll they'll be once it gets funded, they'll have this stuff in the stores. <coughs> You know, on on online retailer to be able to pick this stuff up. I I watched this happen with the Vitruvian hacks. People are like, "Nah, I'm not gonna fund it. I'll just buy it when it comes out." You've got to get on in on the ground floor. You want this stuff? Support these guys. Help these guys out. That's, Let's put it this way: that's if they don't make their funding goal, this toy and and this goes for this one and all the other Kickstarters. If it doesn't get funded, you don't get the toys. So you can't wait until Big Bad Toy Store is offering it because if if we don't crowdfund it, if our money doesn't help uh, light the fire, it just it doesn't happen. So you got to support these things because, like Brian said, <clears throat> this is the future of decent three and three-quarter inch or, or four-inch figures. I mean... <clears throat> Hasbro, they're doing all in on the six inch stuff. Yeah. The energy that they're putting into like the Star Wars Black series yeah. and um and and the Marvel Legends line is great. That's not my scale. Uh I just I look at that stuff, I'm like, man, it was only you know, five, six, seven years ago that all that same type of energy was going towards the scale that I prefer, and now it's not. So these crowdfunded toy lines that these people like Bill are trying to make happen, you have to support it. And it's there's just something about when you get this in your hand. You're holding this awesome toy in your hand that someone that has the same enthusiasm for you has been able to make you know, I mean, outside of production of like Hasbro and Mattel that, that have deep, deep pockets, and you can look at it and you can say, you know what, this exists because of me. Exactly. I help right. do this. Yeah. I help yeah. bring this to life. And there's something how just often, amazing about how that. How often, as a collector, do you get an opportunity like that? Never. Right. Yeah, I think it's, 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 yeah, it's very hard. Like, I mean, one of the things with the Kickstarter, even this Kickstarter has been great, is that, like, I'm a huge fan of feedback, right or wrong, good or bad, whatever. I want to hear it, right? And, and the nice thing is where these Kickstarters are right now is if you want to see something there that we're not doing, mention it. And if I can do it and it makes sense, I'll try to bring it into the line. And that's something you're not going to see with, like, these larger companies because – they're designing all that stuff internally. They put it out there, and occasionally they'll do something like the club did, I will say, you know, for one of their figures. They were able to kind of rework um, stuff as well. But the, the stuff you're seeing in the Toys R Uses and the Walmarts and that kind of stuff, you don't have a voice. And the Kickstarter stuff, if you can get on the campaign and you can make your voice heard, like people like myself who are trying to create this stuff, we'll listen and we'll try to we'll try to do what we can do to uh, course correct and 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 make something that's um, hopefully better for everybody. And we've had some changes in this Kickstarter as well, like the head packs we're doing were an idea that someone threw out there. We're like, you know what? As much as we prep for this thing and try to think about all the angles, we for we didn't think about that. And that is an awesome idea. Let's see if we can make it work. And we kind of went back and talked to the factory and say, can you guys do this? And they can. So like, 
that now's, I mean, as much as, like you were saying, like, as much as this stuff might be available later, throwing your support at it, even at a minimum basis for one figure, really helps us get there. And the feedback is really important, and we try to listen and, and try to kind of steer things in that direction. And, and uh, hopefully that comes through to everybody that's backing the project. You see, to me, it's, it's like, and I hate to use this analogy, but it's, it's like voting. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't vote, you don't get a say in this. So I, I get tired of all these people that I see in all these threads that are like, ah, you know, that figure shit, they should have done this. And then it's you like, did you back this? Did you did you throw down for this line? No, I didn't feel like it. I'm like, then shut the fuck up and go away. You know, I mean, this where this is like the most idea, most awesome idea ever that anyone has ever come up with is like, I want an action figure of this, and okay, we can make that freaking happen for you. How cool is yeah. that? I mean, that's that's like yeah. that's like a dream come true for me. Yeah, and, and, and something people know, should know too is like it, you know Kickstarter. Like, and if you're not familiar with Kickstarter, you pledge now, right? And if we fund, you're you're they will charge you for your pledge, right? But if we don't fund, you don't get charged, right? So like a lot right. of people are maybe confused, like, oh, I might throw some money in, and um, what happens if they don't fund? Are they taking my money? It's not that. It's like we have a goal we're trying to reach. If we reach it, we will fund, and then of course at the end of the campaign you'll get charged, but. It's not one of these things that you're just kind of throwing money into a black hole and you'll never see anything from it. I mean, again, there have been some successful Kickstarter campaigns that have not followed through on their product. Um, a lot of the action figure ones have, uh, which is good. Um, we've done that with Amazing Heroes. Hacks has done it. Uh, Marauder. You know, they've, they've come through with some great products. So it's, uh, but yeah, it's it, if you can lend lend your support to it now, that's only going to help it in the long run. And I, that's why I encourage people that like, even if you're Look, man, I I understand that these things are expensive, and they're you know they're they're more expensive than what you're going to find at retail. We're making a lot less volumes of these things. We might make five hundred to a thousand per character, and the stuff you're picking up in the store, they're making ten thousand of those things, right? If oh yeah, at least. Uh, so it's so yeah, at least. So we're you know that's it is a a very uh, you know small um, run that we're doing, but we also want to hear from people and. You know, we have a vision for the line, but if people want to ask questions like, yeah, hey, can you guys do an alternate head pack? Or, hey, we really love the gold characters. Can you do more of those? We'll try to incorporate that, incorporate that in. And that that's what the crowdfunding thing, I think, that's why it's so great is that you can be a part of something um, that you love as well as the people that are making it. When I think that's a, um, a very good point is the, is the point price of this. I mean – I've seen people bitch about that previously, not necessarily about the Eagle Force, because you know the Kickstarters is something that isn't new to everybody. But you know, your number one, this is not Hasbro. This is not Mattel. These are not deep pockets. These are guys doing it out of this, doing this out basically out of their basement. So you know, yes, there's going to be the the cost is going to be higher, but. You're getting the quality, the quality. Is more than compensating. Yeah, for the it. quality that you get for it is is far and above away from what you're going to get at retail. If you want cheap figures, if you want crappy figures, go buy the five point of articulation Star Wars figures from from Toys R Us. And you know what? You can't even say those are cheap anymore. You can only use cheap as an adjective 
for the quality. You can't even use cheap as an adjective for the price anymore because the Hell price no. on these, price on Hell those no, figures because are, those, those five-point of articulation figures, those things are eight bucks each. Yeah, so eight bucks in, you know, for an, just a little bit more, you can have a, a product that's a hundred times better. All right, you know what? Let me look the 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 first the first wave of the GI Joe fiftieth anniversary line. I ordered two of the sets from an online retailer because I really didn't know what the availability was going to look like at the local Toys R Us because I don't get out there very often because it's not in my neighborhood and I didn't know I didn't know how heavily they were going to be ordering it so I I picked up two two of the packs from uh, one of the online stores and now I now I was happy when I got it um I happen to have got it two days after I saw him in the store, but you know it <laughs> happens. But yeah. when when I got it, the paint jobs were decent; they weren't great. And here's the thing: I won't I won't order them anymore, um, simply because if there's multiples in the store, I want to be able to pick each of them up, and I want to be able to compare the paint jobs. Um, the three pack with Dusty Bazooka and Firefly. I there were there were three or four of them at Toys R Us. I picked them all up, and I looked at each figure. Bazooka was the worst offender. Some of those some of those paint apps were bad. And now uh, the set that I picked up, I thought had the best uh, had the best paint app uh, across the three figures, but. Firefly varied wildly too. I mean, one of the sets, uh, you could tell that the camo was over the boots, and it, it had like missed one of his lower legs altogether. Um, so some of them are not well painted. If you order them, you can't compare them. So the one you get, if it sucks, it sucks. But these <clears throat> these Kickstarters, this stuff that we're gonna get because we're funding it, is not going to have that problem. You're not going to have a paint mask that's that looks like it's only halfway on the figure. Um, <clears throat> because they're being made in lower quality, or, or excuse me, they're being made in lower quantity, higher quality. It isn't like, it isn't like the 100,000 anniversary sets that the Chinese factory is making for Toys R Us where, you know, the, the machines are going to do what they're going to do and the quality control. <clears throat> Basically, all they're making sure is that the figure is painted at all and doesn't look like an unpainted prototype. Right. Um, right, right. So this kind of stuff, I know that when I get these figures, I know they're going to look professional. They're going to feel professional. And I'm not, I, sometimes I'll put them up next to the GI Joes and say, Ooh, that makes me want to customize the Joe to have a better paint job to match this thing. Yeah. We're always talking yeah, about, we, we talk about bootlegs all the time on the show. I mean, 
when you when you get these figures from these guys and you hold them up to the, your G.I. Joe guys, your G.I. Joe guys suddenly look like the sense of right bootlegs that you get at the dollar store compared to the quality um, of, that you're going to get with the, the Eagle Force guys. The, 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 the five point of articulation um, Avenger figures that that they had last year for Age of Ultron or whatever, yeah. those paint jobs were so bad, I really think that if you gave uh, if you gave a paintbrush and that same paint to my daughter and the people in her seventh grade classes, they might <laughs> do a better job than those machines did on those Avengers figures. Uh, that's, yeah. It was atrocious. Yeah, and I, I and of course picked up the Iron Man figures, and you know I I bought uh, I don't know four or five, however many were in the movie of the. Uh, Iron Legion, and the paint job varies on all of them. I mean, it's just... Yeah, I mean, that's the, the nice thing that, you know, we can do is, you know, we are... We, we don't have the overhead. We don't have... Uh, we ha- certainly are trying to meet our, you know, release date and, and our, you know, our fulfillment date. But we also aren't trying to get toys in by, like, say, a Christmas or a certain time of year. So a lot of that stuff happens because they're rushing that stuff through because they've got an order with Toys R Us. And Toys R Us is like, we need them here. We're planning on having these. We're going to cycle through this. We're going to have it here. So we have a a little bit more freedom to be able to not have to have those kind of worries. We have other worries, certainly. Um, But we're able to work with the factory. And like you said, we're doing a lot smaller quantities. And... um, you know, it's it's a challenge. I mean, working with the factories overseas is challenging. I mean, if, uh, we're we're looking at our at the painted prototypes right now for uh, the uh, the other line that Remco is doing, which is the Adventure People, and you know they're they they don't they don't hit it all, you know right away. So you have to go back in and you have to finesse that. It really takes you know a month or a couple months to really kind of get that where that needs to be. So so it's you know it's it's we still have the same challenges, but the upside is we have a, maybe a, a longer runway at the end to be able to say, hey, you know what, let's make sure we do this right and let's go back and fix it. Versus I think where Hasbro gets stuck, unfortunately, where they're like, well, we got to roll this out now because Toys R Us is waiting on this order for the holidays or whatever. So that that's, again, getting back to the whole like crowdfunding thing. It's like, that's where the value is, I feel. I mean, yeah, okay, the cost is a little higher, but the value is, I think, in the quality at the end of the day and be able totally. to contribute to something in the long run. Totally. And, I, you know, I've got I've to just get on my soapbox for a minute and say if you wait not if but when you fund this take a little patience these things aren't going to be out tomorrow keep in mind that you're not just you're not buying a figure you're 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 funding the production from scratch i don't think a lot of people understand that they think i'm here's my 20 bucks i want my figure doesn't work like that these figures don't exist yet you are funding it from scratch so just please be patient with these guys. You'll get your stuff, and you'll be happy. And it will be worth the wait. Totally. Yeah, and we'll, um, and we'll... And the nice thing, too, is we'll keep people updated along the process, too. It's not like, hey, we funded. We'll talk to you all in a year. It's not that. So we'll, right. we'll do, we do updates usually. I try to do updates at least once a month, if not more, with the progress of where things are at. Like, hey, here's some... And I think also, too, I think a lot of people, like, even myself, I love to see that behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, here's painted prototypes and yeah okay we're still working out this or here's some test shots we've got from the factory and here they are and so i think we'll keep we'll obviously keep everybody updated 
along the process as well. And we might even get to a point where we're like, hey, guys, we have this opportunity here to maybe throw in this extra thing. Would you rather have this or would you rather have that? And let's, you know, you're all part of this community. Let's see if we can kind of get everybody's heads around and what do, what do you think works best? So there's those kind of things that will happen along the way too, which is something you're just not going to get with a, a larger a larger toy line. Right. And, and none of this happens without all of you guys chipping in to to get this started. It, it's Think of it as like, buying stock in the company man you, you look at what the dividends are you're you're getting them started you're getting them going and the result is something fucking awesome that just does not exist anywhere else and isn't going to exist anywhere else you know i was wondering now uh, obviously mego made eagle force uh, they went belly up um how like did you guys have to get a license for this or is it because it's sort of a dead property that, you know, you're, you're able to, I'm not actually sure how to phrase the question. Like, is it, did you, do you have to pay like licensing rights to somebody or is there no ownership of these characters? I'm, I've been curious about this. I just like the established characters. Right, we had to go in and figure out who owned what, and then kind of revert and acquire the license. So we own it now. So we're able, to, we were able to do that. Um, oh, okay, that's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, so we we own it, so we can do anything we want with it. But um, in a lot of these properties from the '80s, they, you know, what happened to you know who owns certain things like who owns Crystar and who owns uh, who owns all this other stuff that was out there. Um, uh, like uh, Roboforce, and people have acquired that too in the past, and. So we were kind of falling in that, but we had to kind of do our research, figure out how we can acquire it and how we can own it and, and talk to the people that created it, that kind of thing. And and uh, like Paul Kirshner, who designed all the characters, he was work for hire for, for Amigo, and he's been a great contributor for us. He, he you know, we reached out to him and said, hey, we're going to, we've been able to acquire this thing. I know you worked on it back in the day. Would you like to work on it now too? And he was like, yeah, I love it. Like, what what can I do? And, and, and so we had him do some artwork for us for like Captain Eagle and he he kind of went into his archives and pulled out uh, – it was one of the rewards we have, actually, which is really great. He pulled out all his original artwork, and he was like, hey, I'll make some nice prints for these, and I'll sign them, and I'll send you a couple sets if you want to offer them as a reward, if it'll help boost the Kickstarter. So he was really supportive in terms of that, too. So so and, and you've got these guys now who, who did all this work and, and really helped kind of define a lot of these characters who are still kind of helping us now as we kind of move forward. So that's been kind of fun. Okay, so you got, you've gotten feedback and help from one of the creators behind the original line. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is so cool. That I didn't awesome. know that. I just wondered if, I just wondered if you, if 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 part of this, if you had to pay somebody for licensing rights. So I think it's awesome that you guys actually own this. Like you own this line, like it's it's now yeah. your line, but it's icing on the cake that you actually have input and help from somebody that helped put the original toy line together. I mean, that is just that's mind blowing to me because yeah, it's great. That guy, Paul's, Paul's, Paul's great. Yeah, he's a great guy. Like he, you know, he he said, hey, you know, I'll, you know, I just kind of reached out to him too, and. He was like, yeah, I haven't really, he, outside of doing an interview, I think he did with, uh, 
one of the uh, Migo boards, he hadn't really even thought much about the line. I'm like, okay, man, we, we were able to acquire it. We want to go back and do this. And, and he's been really supportive. He's like, hey, I'll send you all this stuff that I had that we did when we did the original line, and I'll sign it for you. And um, I'm like, hey, would you do some artwork for us? Because we're going to be doing card art with, uh, well, you know, box art with this stuff. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. And so he did, he's done some stuff. He's going to do some more stuff uh, as we fund too, in terms of some of the characters, he'll, we're going to try to get him to do at least, uh, the versions of the updated versions of all the stuff he originally designed. So, um, like the Sergeant Brown and the original Baron Von Chill and Kale, like we're going to try to get him to do the designs for those. And then Steven Butler, who's an artist buddy of ours, who does great work as well. He's doing the artwork for more like the modern day stuff. So, um, but we're still, st- still sticking with that comic book kind of artwork theme, which we think is really important. I think that's fantastic. I, That'd be awesome. I think, to... I think it's, it, it's one of the, I think that's one of, one of the iconic things about the line because the packaging was eye-catching and yeah, you did. Yeah. You, you had the comic book style character. So, all right. So not, not only do you have help from, from one of the guys that actually worked on this, but when you first reached out to him, and like you said, he, he wasn't thinking much about it anymore because for him, it's, it's ancient history. It's so far in the past yeah. that it was just probably a job, you know, part, but when, when he worked there, it was one of the many things they worked on. Probably hadn't thought right. of it when it went, when it went away, it was probably like, ah, oh, that sucks. We had more plans, but you know, he probably made peace with it. But until you reached out to him, he probably never, ever in a million years would have thought, that Eagle Force would make a comeback. I mean, he must have been. Oh yeah. He must have shit himself. He must have been like. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, it's like that would be so cool. How to have somebody? Like, if somebody approached me and you know, it's like something I worked on thirty years ago and said, "Hey, we want to bring. We loved what you did with this. We want to bring it back. Would you work on it again?" I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah." Yeah, I mean, he must have been thinking, "Pinch me because it must be dreaming because." You know, it isn't every day that that something like that happens. I mean, you. So I mean, it's not it's not just cool enough that you went out and you got the license yourself, but you actually found help from the inside. So when he sent you all that stuff, what did he send you? Like like notes that they wrote up, plans, concept art that they had going. I mean, is it stuff oh, from yeah, their like- archives or? It's stuff that he had done and he had in his personal collection and stuff, like some of the original concept stuff that they were doing. And um, he sent me like a couple of uh, cups. They had a toy fair when they launched the line. Um, wow. Just, 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 yeah, I mean, it's just, just stuff he basically had in his attic, you know, pretty much that he hadn't really thought about. He kind of dug up and sent it over this way, which was really great. And, and he's open to doing more stuff, and which That's I think so is really cool. great. I think, uh, yeah. And then, you know, we also reached out initially too because boss fight did a lot of basically eric over at boss fight who's awesome oh yeah did conceptualize most of the initial part of the line that we did and they sculpted uh they sculpted our main buck body that we did for the figure um and they so he brought a lot back to that as well kind of looking at the original line too and going okay how can we incorporate some of this original stuff and make it more Modern because they're you know they're you know the guys at Boss Fighter and you know, they've done a great job with those figures and I wanted to kind of 
leveraged our expertise in terms of how a more modern day line should look. So we had Paul with some of the original designs, and then we had Eric kind of basically taking that and moving it forward, which I think was really great. Yeah, Eric's fantastic. I love I love what he does. Um, talk for a minute about you mentioned about um, just in case people haven't seen. Talk about the the packaging for a minute. I think that's always kind of a question. Is what I see these figures. They're awesome. That's cool. What are they going to come in? What are they going to look like? Yeah, so we, um, we, we, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, it's it's, it's uh, going to be a, basically a, a window box with a slip cover. Um, so it'll be a short, like, five-inch by, I think it's like three-and-a-half-inch window box um, that each of the figures will come in. Uh, they'll each have original art on the front and uh, some bio, character bio stuff on the back. Very similar to how the old line was, but we're doing instead of doing traditional cards, we're going to do something a little more, um, a little more modern in terms of stuff that's happening a lot right now with the six-inch market in terms of their window box. But something I wanted to kind of bring to sort of this four-inch-inch market as well, because they are these are these are high-end figures. It's it's you know we're not doing a five-point articulation figure here. We're, we're doing something that has uh, over 18 points of articulation. So it's it's something that we wanted to kind of showcase not only with the figure but also with the packaging. I'm, I'm a huge packaging fan, um, and I don't I don't keep a lot of my stuff in the packaging, but I, I like when the, like a, a, a company will really kind of take that extra step to make the packaging really cool. Yeah, uh, something we did for Amazing, Amazing Heroes too. We have like we have interchangeable backer cards that you can swap out with the packaging. So it's something I kind of wanted to roll over in this line as well to make it a little more special. Well, you know what? You're right about the like the six inch, like the Star Wars Black Series. Those, those, you know, those boxes. You see them on the shelf, and I mean they're eye catching. I mean they're that's a really cool presentation. Now I don't leave anything in the package because, well. Why? I, then I can't play with it. You know, it's just... It's, right, I, open, it's, I open all of my stuff, too. I, I just... But, you know what? For people... For people that, that are carded collectors and box collectors, I mean, Brian, the iron whore that he is, has an entire room in his house dedicated to uh, Star Wars and G.I. Joe, and he's got, like, the 25th anniversary line carded He's got carded Star Wars figures, and I just look at those pictures. I'm like, well, fucking open them. But you know, it's you know, he's got open ones too. But for people that do display this stuff in the package, a window box is a hell of a cool way to go with it because yeah, it's it's like you 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 look at it and you see that's a collectible. I know a lot of the Japanese toy lines. That's how they come. They come in a box and. Because the presentation, you can't feed it. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, so that's what we, kind of, that's what we decided to go with it for this one. Now, aside from like the playsets and the gliders, have you guys considered like? I know the the funding for this has got to be insane, but like vehicles for these guys at some point in time, or I want a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've looked into it. Um, Joe wanted to actually do some vehicle stuff. He actually kind of prototyped a raft us to potentially do um but we really want to if we do vehicles we'd really like to take it on more of the like the manufacturing side where we could actually mass produce these so we would like that was part of the line you know they had a plane a tank a jeep you know they had they had there was a lot of vehicles there too um so what we kind of are doing right now to kind of compromise is joe's 
done some sticker sheets that can be used on other vehicles of this scale that are out there already in the marketplace. People wanted to kind of leverage what's already kind of existing, but we would love to do vehicles. I, I would love to do a motorcycle potentially with a sidecar or something like that, or or um, maybe a Jeep or something. I mean, it, it would be, be great to do, especially if we fund the we fund the Goldie Hawks, it'd be great to do a plane. Um, yeah, I think- but it's just, it's just, it's just tough. It's just hard because yeah. I think that, and this gets into a little bit more of the details of the manufacturing end, but as you can see with a lot of our figures, they share similar parts and you'll see that across a lot of these crowdfunded projects. And the reason for that is you're able to kind of leverage the tooling that you funded across many different SKUs or figures. Um, when you do a vehicle, to really make it work, you either have to sell a lot of units or you have to be able to repaint that vehicle in different colors and then sell quite a bit of units. So you really have to kind of leverage that tooling, and that's the challenge with the with the vehicles. But we'd love to do it for sure. Yeah, you know what? I, I can't imagine the logistics of that because, like you said, Joe makes these things, and that's affordable. And it's, it's, it's not easy for him, but it's totally practical for the line you – guys have going like i said i want a motorcycle for this guy because i want to put one of these guys on i, I always liked the ram cycle from you know from gi joe and um the fun school line someplace i i had a street hawk uh never saw the show but i like the fact that they did one um so meanwhile in real life by the way i'm terrified of motorcycles never in a million years <laughs> would i get on one and i already told all my kids in my lifetime, none of you will ride motorcycles, but, but, but in the toy line, uh, in a military toy line like GI Joe, dude, I love that idea. So, oh, yeah. like I said, I want a motorcycle, but it's not practical for Eagle Force right now. Maybe it will be someday, but I can totally see why you'd like to get that professionally done because, and I, I, I can't imagine all the crazy shit that would come into play just for designing it let alone making it a reality. I mean, for for the figures in, like, the true heroes line that you see at Toys R Us and whatever, <clears throat> the figures are crap. I mean, they're basically, they're shit plastic, terrible paint jobs. And, and as cool as I think the shotgun is that's bigger than the dude packed with it, um, the the actual figures and their accessories are garbage. Yep. Their bread and butter, where they succeeded, in my opinion, is the vehicles. You know, you got you got boats and jeeps and trucks and you know you got right. the, the you got the, the 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 tanks and and the, and you know the missile station. All that kind of stuff is awesome. And I know that Joe fans love it because this is stuff they'd never get from Hasbro. But I can't imagine. For for a toy company that's only trying to get a license out there, I can't imagine what a pain in the ass all that would be. Well, I think um, the, yeah, I, think the I, uh, I, I look at those True Heroes lines and I'm, all that stuff, and I'm just like, why don't you guys just do better figures too? Like, you, you're, you're you got these great fun vehicles. If you just had you know what? better figure, I've wondered that too. Like, yeah. like one day, I mean, I can't get to see one thirty uh, due to finances and where the when I put it, um, it's awesome <laughs> that somebody made uh, that somebody made a transport plane. But you're right; it's got pilots with it that their legs move, their arms move. You know, they sit in the cockpit, they fly the thing. But you're right; 
you're doing, you're spending all this money to make all these phenomenal vehicles, and then yeah. you just let all the figures just suffer completely. It's, it, it's, it's, it's sad. Well, I mean, yeah. I think, but, the, I think the, at least the, you know, for the Eagle Force, since vehicles aren't going to be readily available for obvious reasons, I think the sticker sheet is a fucking brilliant compromise. I mean, I never would have thought of that in a million years, but well, you know what? You get a little paint, you got some stickers, now you have Eagle Force vehicles. Well, you know what? That is great. That is not something I would have considered, but <clears throat> you're right. You go you go to the Toys R Us, you get some of those true hero vehicles. You want Eagle Force to have their own vehicles? Well, there you go. You take the you you, you take the the, the true heroes uh, attack boat and uh, in their Humvee, you put the sticker sheets that Joe is making on there, and they yeah. do have their own vehicle line. God, he, he makes fucking the, brilliant. He, he, he makes the stickers in mind. Like he, like we have one of our updates. We had the stickers on a couple of things you could buy in the store now. So he makes those with those vehicles in mind to cover certain other things that maybe like you wouldn't want on say like an equal force boat. Um, but you, he, so he designs them with that in mind, which is awesome on his part so that you could like, basically you're going to have your Eagle force vehicle. If you buy this core, like a vehicle from the core, maybe a vehicle from like true heroes, you'll have that if you just want to apply these stickers. So he, you know, that's a, that's a theme that we would like to keep up moving forward too. So, as well. um, we've got the, we, we know that we can find you on the, the Kickstarters. Do you have a website that that people can find you at yeah. to see this other stuff? Why don't yeah, you throw so, that out there so people can yeah. find this stuff? So the Kickstarters at uh, com and then the Fresh Monkey Fiction website is just freshmonkeyfiction.com, uh, and that's where you, you know, on the Fresh Monkey Fiction website we have uh, our Amazing Heroes line. We've got um, obviously Eagle Force stuff there. We got a couple of the Midnight Man comic books that we've got there. Uh, working on a on a, just a traditional novel series, which is uh, uh, called Pendragon, which is a, a sci-fi take on King Arthur. So that's there. So kind of these other projects that I do as well are all on the Fresh Monkey website. Uh, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook, so you can find us. There's links there to the Facebook pages as well. Um, I do a little less Twitter. There's stuff on Twitter. There's stuff on Instagram. But Facebook is probably my as far as social media goes is probably where I'm I'm doing the most in terms of social media too so you can always follow us there and and uh instagram again, like, what the hell is instagram that's what, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, what it's, Chad it's where the kids are looking these days so yeah. we, we we definitely put stuff there but facebook is probably where we're doing most of our social media stuff and like i said man i guys i really like feedback so if if we do a post and people want to chime in hey this is great this is bad or if you thought of this like please do that we'll try to respond and answer to it because it's uh, for the stuff that we do. It's important that we kind of uh, have a community uh, around it because uh, we choose to follow like the, the crowdfunding model, and, and it only works with when people are invested themselves. And we definitely don't want to alienate any audience, so we're we're always open to any kind of feedback. Do you, do you, do you hear that, listeners? Not only do you need to back this project and like their stuff, but talk to them. They'll use your ideas. Um, which is not something that you can say for Anything any of the else. even moderately big toy companies because they don't, um, you know, my kids are into all kinds of crazy shit. They're, you know, they're, they're into Minecraft and they're into, um, um, they're into Shopkins and all this stuff, but 
none of those companies that make that stuff, they're not listening. They don't, they, they don't, they've got shareholders to answer to. They're not worried about the buyers. Um, yeah, so, and, you know, look, if, if Eagle Force isn't your thing, and, and that's fine. If it's not, like, there's other great stuff that is out there, too, that um, people are trying to do. Uh, hey. Like, you know, like, like hacks or, 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 you know, John's Cowboy line is coming out, too. So there's there's lots of good stuff in, out there that that I think, you know, needs needs support. So, mm-hmm. hey, I would, you know what? Again, I, I try to focus people on Eagle Force, certainly, but there's other great stuff out there, too. Hey, if, if Eagle Force isn't your thing... I say help fund it anyways, because just because you should, it's the morally right thing to do. Right, because so. we were talking about how the we were gonna we were gonna call this like a uh, a special a special episode. A very just, special episode. Yeah, a very in the, special episode in in, in 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 the in the tradition of it, the old eighty sitcoms like Full House and well, Family my, Matters and Perfect Strangers. Once every season, they would have a very special episode. And this is ours. And here's the moral. Help fund Eagle Force Returns. Yep. Because my wife said, <laughs> boy, you. that sounds like a Charlie Brown special. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? It kind of does. So it's got to have a moral with it. And that is indeed the moral, is help these guys out. Because this is, you know, you're sick of seeing the stuff and the, the crap in the stores. This is how you change it. This is how you do and, it. And, and, and this is your chance to get toys that are bright gold but still look tactical. That is the best. <laughs> totally. I mean, who didn't want that? And since this was just a special episode, I mean, we just had Bill on to, to help get this. I mean, that's, that's pretty much our episode for tonight. Um, we're going to pick it up again next <clears throat> week. Um, I'm going to talk about how to make custom cards. Um, we're going to try and get um, one of our buddies on from France that uh, runs. Um, he does collect. He, he collects toys and runs an online toy magazine. So we're going to we're going to be worldwide. We're going to be cultured, man. So we're hey, we're going to try. But you know what? For this, I I have you know the Kickstarter's active. Uh, it's got just over two weeks left, and I wanted to get the word out to our limited audience that needs to give us iTunes reviews. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I want to get the word out because I want to see this thing happen. So totally. Bill, yes. thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about this because <clears throat> if people weren't on board before, maybe this will help because yeah, so cool I appreciate finding that. out yeah, you. that you got help from the original designer. I mean, that's just, that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. So indeed, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Anything that we can do to help, you know, we're just just let us know. We'll we'll post updates on our on our Facebook page. Now, anything we can do to help support you to get you going, that's what we do. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's been a blast. So thank you so much. All right, and thank you for being on the show once again. And we will see you next week, or sooner or later. Who knows? <laughs> Good night.